I have recorded and re-recorded this so many times. God. My name is Madeline. This is the first episode of my podcast. The number of times that I've recorded this and then scrapped it in its entirety is people need to create a new DSM code for whatever went on with me while trying to record this first episode. My intention for this podcast is to talk about identity and why we behave the way we do, starting at like the micro individual level and like broadening that horizon to society at large. I gave myself a month to make this first episode. If you're listening to this, you probably know me through TikTok or you are a close friend or someone who's about to go on a date with me and just Googled my name, in which case, hi. But if you did find me on TikTok, you might've seen that I announced about a month ago that I was going to launch a podcast on February 15th. And I gave myself this deadline because I've been wanting to do this for so long, but I knew that I would keep pushing it back because, you know, my idea wasn't quite good enough or the thing that I created wasn't quite good enough. And boy, oh boy, did I get trapped in that while I was trying to create this. I have been feeling so inspired lately. It's like a great thing. I've been feeling inspired for things like this podcast that I want to create, long form video content that I want to make. I feel this inspiration inside me and I get to work. I start like writing scripts, I start like storyboarding, I start recording things, shooting things, and then I try to piece it together doing the revisions and the editing. And when I look at the product that I'm creating, I just get so discouraged because it just looks nothing like it does in my head. What I am able to feasibly produce is not as good as the vision that I have mentally, and so I throw it away. I had a moment actually over the weekend where I sank like my entire weekend into filming a YouTube video that I thought was a really, I still think it's a really good idea. I was proud of what I wrote for it. And when I was looking back at the footage and trying to edit it, I was like, this is awful. I would never watch this. No offense to me. This is terrible. And maybe I was wrong. Maybe like when I was feeling excited about this, I was just feeling self-important. And maybe the true reality is that I have nothing to contribute to this world. And as one does, I started Googling to see if anyone else had had a similar experience. And lo and behold, someone posted this quote by Ira Glass that I found so helpful. I'm going to share it with you right now. Nobody tells this to people who are beginners. I wish someone told me. All of us who do creative work, we get into it because we have good taste. But there's this gap. For the first couple years, you make stuff, but it's just not that good. It's trying to be good. It has potential, but it's not. But your taste, the thing that you got into the game for, is still killer. And your taste is why your work disappoints you. We know our work doesn't have this special thing that we want it to have. And if you're just starting out or you're still in this phase, you gotta know that it's normal. And the most important thing you can do is a lot of work. There's a lot more to the quote, but I shortened it. It's a really long one and it's worth reading the whole thing. If you're interested in that, I will find a way to link it somewhere um, because like Ira said, I'm a beginner. Heads up, the audio might get a little bit echoey at certain points. I'm still learning. It will get better. I promise it gets better. But if you are willing to bear with me, I have a lot to say on the topic of compulsory heterosexuality today. I posted a TikTok about it recently, and there was a, a lot of people that related, a lot of people that were confused and in the midst of their own journey, and a lot of people who just straight up didn't want to believe that compulsory heterosexuality was a thing and a lot of questions. So I'm gonna answer three of them that were the most repeated questions. And those three are, one, how do you know if you're bi or a lesbian? 
distinguishing the two sexualities. Two, how do I know if I'm faking it or not? It being your queerness, or how do you get over the feeling that you're faking it? And three, I think I might be a lesbian, but I have a boyfriend. Do I break up with him? How do I break up with him? What was it like when I broke up with mine, etc. I'm going to go through them in order. So let's start with bisexuality versus lesbianism. People had a lot of feelings about this one. I got a lot of comments, some well-meaning, some not so well-meaning, and some, you know, just genuinely confused. And I think a lot of people are trapped in that question of like, am I bi? Am I lesbian? More so than we'd like to admit, because we have a lot of shame around not knowing our identity, like in our soul immediately right away, because there's a really strong, like born this way narrative. A lot of people aren't born knowing exactly who they are. Because the fact of the matter is we were all born into a society that feeds us a very narrow and rigid script of heteronormativity, white supremacy, all of these systems of oppression that benefit people of dominant identities. And with that conditioning being so strong, so pervasive and insidious, it feels really like it lacks nuance to say that everyone should immediately know who they are being born into this world. They should know their sexuality. Of course, some people do, but it would be insane to make a claim that people who are confused, who have internalized all of the scripts that have been fed to them from before their brain developed even the slightest, before it even had a chance, it would be crazy to make a claim that the people who are confused over this are any less queer. I kind of like to think about it as if someone had been born into a cult and escaped it. It would be really tone deaf to claim that that person, you know, should have known from the start that they were in a cult. Of course they couldn't. They were born into that. They had to unlearn it. And maybe some people have it in them to just see more clearly like, oh, something wrong is happening here and get out sooner than others. But it's, I don't know, man, it's really hard for a lot of us. And so I just wanted to say that disclaimer, if you are confused, that is more than valid. And embarking on unpacking all of this is like such a gift to yourself. It's a mind fuck and it is such a gift. None of the time that you spend contemplating is time wasted. How many times have we been told as queer women by men that we should just be with a man and have the real thing? I'm using air quotes so aggressively right now, but you can't see. But we're told this by men when we're doing anything that engages with masculinity in some way, whether that's dating a masculine presenting person, whether that's using a strap, anything like that is when a man feels the need to tell you that you should have the real thing as if you're having a cheap knockoff. I know some people might be scratching their heads wondering what this has to do with bisexuality, but for me, the fact that I am most drawn to people who are masculine or androgynous was so confusing to me because I thought that that must mean that I am straight and confused or that I'm bisexual. If I was a lesbian, I would be attracted to like extremely feminine women. That's just, that's just not true. You can be a lesbian who is primarily attracted to masculinity. We view cis men as like the intellectual property owners of masculinity and everything else is just a knockoff. As if someone were to buy a fake designer handbag and someone asked them, well, if you can afford it, why didn't you just buy it from Chanel? But it's nothing like that. Masculine traits 
and presentation are not a patented and trademarked property of cis men that's just being ripped off by the queer community. I like to think of it much more like genres of music, where there are so many different artists and types of people creating music in any given genre. Like, for instance, pop music. Without shame, pop is my favorite genre. And within that genre, again, without shame, Taylor Swift is my favorite artist. I know there are no ethical billionaires. I love Taylor Swift, the artist and the brand. But when it comes to my type in pop music, Taylor Swift is my type. That said, just because she is my type and because she's a titan of the genre doesn't mean that she owns pop music. If genres are aesthetics or gender presentations and musicians or artists are the people who express within them, no artist, or you know, gender, if we're following the analogy, owns their genre. They could be a bigger name in it, but their dominant social relevance does not make other artists in that genre just lesser replications of them. They are pop artists of a different accord. Taylor Swift, she's a dominant identity in the field, but it would make no sense for me to approach like, I don't know, a Dua Lipa fan and tell them right as they're about to buy front row tickets that they should just spend the money on the real deal on Eras tour tickets if they actually like pop music. Like, why would you go to a Dua Lipa concert when you could have the real deal and go see Taylor Swift? That makes no sense. Yes, they are both pop artists, but they are distinctly different even though they're playing within the same genre. If someone tells me that pop is their favorite genre, but they don't like Taylor Swift, that does not mean they're a fake pop fan. It doesn't mean that they're a Taylor fan that's in denial either. And it doesn't mean that they secretly like Taylor Swift and they're liking Dua Lipa for attention. Do you see how, like, it's so silly when we say it in regards to music. Just because someone is masculine does not approximate them to cis men. Okay, next question. This one I'm actually going to read a specific DM that I got because it it literally sounded like something that I could have written like four years ago when I was in the throes of coming out. Hey, I saw your video about how you dated men for seven years. I came out as a lesbian over the summer, but sometimes I feel like I'm faking it and that I'm doing something wrong. I always overanalyze what I was feeling when I kissed a guy and I literally felt nothing like every time. It got to the point where I'd have panic attacks because I didn't want to kiss them. When they texted me something romantic, it felt nice, but I also never really found them attractive. Did you go through something similar? Yes. 1000% yes. Actually, the very first time that a boy tried to kiss me, I literally ran away. And that changed a little bit when I got to college and I started to get some sort of like external enjoyment around dating men where I wasn't really enjoying dating the man. I was enjoying seeing myself performing womanhood well as I perceived it at the time. But when I realized that I was gay or that I had gay desires inside me, I was so petrified that I was faking it. And the reason I thought I was faking it was for attention. That was like my biggest fear was that I just wanted attention. And I was so afraid that I was just faking it all for attention that I didn't tell anyone. I was still doing gay shit because the fear that I was a fake wasn't enough to stop me from, you know, wanting to act on the gay thoughts, but I was just doing it in private. And when I stepped back and I looked at that, I realized that doesn't make a great case for it being for attention, does it? If I want to eat pussy so bad that I'm going to do it in secret where no one can see me, well, I mean, I'm not like eating it in a park. You know what I mean. If I want to be gay so bad that I'm willing to do it 
in complete secrecy. That doesn't make a great case for it being for attention. And I think I realized I'm not really afraid that I'm a fake. I'm projecting a fear that other people will tell me that I'm a fake. I was afraid that other people were gonna call me a fake, so I called myself a fake first. Society is obsessed with this narrative that being queer is just a trend or a phase or all the kids are just doing it because their friends are doing it for attention. And pretty much any of us would, without a shadow of a doubt, say that all of those people are wrong. And would also never ever think that anyone we saw come out and start living their life authentically is faking it. If anything, we might be jealous of them. I know that I was jealous of people who were coming out and living as their true selves. So at the end of the day, I really think this feeling that we're faking it, it's just another convenient bit of internalized messaging that we have that we have to grapple with when we're embarking on this journey. And if you're really stuck in this feeling that you're faking it, I think the question to ask yourself, the one I asked myself at least when I was really engrossed in this fear that I was faking it is, why do I think this applies to other people and not me? Why do other people get to be a lesbian or be bisexual and they are valid, but I am a fraud? If you can't come up with a good answer, then you're probably just gay. And I'm using gay as an umbrella term. You're probably just a queer. And last but not least, the question we have all been waiting for, should I dump my boyfriend because I think I might be a lesbian? I'm also gonna read this one word for word actually because I related so much and I feel like other people probably will as well. I just watched your video where you talk about wanting to be a lesbian and I have never resonated so much. I have a long-term boyfriend as well and sometimes I'm like, I just wish I was a lesbian. But I don't dislike my boyfriend either. Did you feel that way? I'm so hesitant to break off our relationship because he's so perfect other than the fact that I wish I was a lesbian and he's a man. Oh my God, this one hit me in my soul. I can't tell you how hard I scoured the internet looking for other people who had picture-perfect, otherwise, you know, wonderful relationships with men that they were questioning ending because they were questioning their sexuality. I actually remember at one point finding that some woman had posted on a really, like, outdated, irrelevant forum online a similar story to that, and it was posted, like, five or six years ago with no resolution. And I made an account on this irrelevant internet forum just to respond to her and say like, hey, it's been a couple years, so do you have an update? Did you ever leave your boyfriend and was it worth it? I didn't hear back from her, but I hope that she did because I did and it absolutely changed my life for the better. It was one of the most painful breakups that I've ever been through because I knew I was hurting someone who I had a lot of love for and who loved me very, very well. But I had to be honest with myself that someone being amazing at loving me is not everything in a relationship. Just because it's technically good on paper doesn't change the fact that I feel like there's something that I'm missing. And I had to be honest with myself that I deserve to feel that like spark, that like charged romantic and sexual attraction to someone and not just a like, this is fine, this is good, and this person is a lovely individual. And if I'm being honest, that wasn't quite enough. Truthfully, the thing that really got me to just rip off the band-aid and break up with him was telling myself that he deserves to be with someone who loves him in his entirety, not loves pieces of him in spite of his gender. I don't know this person personally, so 
I am in no way saying that you should end this relationship or telling you what the right thing to do is here. But again, I'll leave you with how I approached this situation. Imagine being with your boyfriend forever and see if you feel a sadness. If you feel like a sadness that you're never going to end up with a woman or ever get to live out or explore a piece of yourself, is that something that you're willing to live with? It might be. It might be something that you are willing to live with because you truly love him so much. That just wasn't the case for me. For me, the sadness was really profound that I would never get to live out my true self or even see if my true self was there because I wasn't entirely sure. But that chance of never getting to find out was soul crushing to me. And so I ended it. And when I did that exploration, I realized just like, with every compounding experience that I made absolutely the right decision. Bottom line, you deserve to love someone without question marks. If you've stuck around to listen this long, thank you sincerely. I appreciate you so much. I know this was not my best work, but I'm going to post it anyway because like I said in the beginning, forcing myself to create on a schedule is the only way that I know that it will get better. But I did listen midway through at a little bit of what I had recorded so far and I was like, God, it's so fucking echoey. So the irony right now is that I'm recording this last bit sitting in my closet. I have closeted myself because the audio is less echoey and I'll figure out how to make it better in coming episodes. But yeah. I appreciate you. Thank you. Over and out.